Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Like you want to be appealing to one person. Like if I'm landing on your profile and you're like, I help you live your best life. Okay, but what on earth does that mean? Like Mm -hmm. everyone's best life is Mm -hmm. different. Like we all have our own definition of that, right? But when you are going down like very specifically, like I'm going to help you create a higher ticket offer and I'm going to help you close in the DMs. Now I'm much more appealing to that that one specific person, but not to say I can't help other people. Mm -hmm. I've had service providers come to me. It's just primarily, this is who I'm focusing on. Welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from today's guest, Christina Sarnese. Christina is a business, marketing, and mindset mentor for coaches looking to elevate their offer and messaging so they can turn their followers into high-paying clients. If you're new to the coaching space, this is the episode for you. She shares how to create your signature offer, where to start when you're new to the coaching space, how to create content that converts, and the right way to sell in the DMs. This episode is packed with value, so let's get into it. I have been a career-long salesperson. <laughs> I've started in sales when I was 16, and throughout that journey, I had a digital and sales marketing position that basically fell on my lap six, seven years ago now. And I was selling online, like digital real estate space to small and medium sized businesses across Canada. And that's when I fell in love with all things digital. I learned all about Facebook, SEM, SEO, all of the platforms. And basically, once I kind of got into that role, I told my manager at that time, I'm like, I'm going to be a senior sales manager here one day. And so I really did what I did best and that was selling and eventually it led me to a lot of awards and promotions and funny enough I actually took over my my manager's position (laughs) he moved on to a different department and I became a senior sales manager and after a lot of like reconstruction departmental shutdowns it was a really crazy time I was fortunate enough to be saved and moved into a different department. I was part of the fulfillment and Facebook process. So Mm. I was doing content marketing and ads for other businesses. So now I'm learning about the other side. And that's when I'm like, I started envisioning like the power of content and ads and everything that I've learned over those seven years and really wanted to take that into like another level. Mm. And I just really didn't know what my calling was at that time. I knew deep down I wanted to help people. And I was also running a wedding planning business too. And I I guess eventually I found out about the online entrepreneurial world and found my footing into coaching and doing all the things that I love and eventually took all of the online sales experiences that I had from selling and growing other businesses plus my own into my own expertise. So I just went on like a self-discovery journey and Mm really turn that business into well that passion into a business and now here I am helping other people start grow and scale their online business 
Awesome. Are you still in the wedding industry? No. So on that self-discovery, I was working with coaches to scale that. And I was also working, I ended up having a life coach at that time. And I, that's when I got really into the awareness of the online world. I thought mm. I had to be an influencer or fitness, like influencer to be on Instagram and make money online. And that's kind of where I discovered coaching and being able to take my 14 years of sales and marketing experience to the online realm. And so as soon as I discovered that, I closed down the wedding planning business <laughs> and transitioned right over. I didn't even think twice about it. And honestly, I've never looked back. Yeah. Was that like a scary transition to just like let that successful business go? No, I was like super excited about it. I, I, I felt because I have to get honest with myself. I, entrepreneurship is something that's just in my blood. I grew up with an entrepreneur family. A lot of friends were entrepreneurs and I was just surrounded by a lot. So I knew it was what I wanted to do. I wanted that freedom. Mm -hmm. And as I was growing the wedding planning business, I didn't want my weekends and summers to be booked up with weddings and it wasn't that life I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. So it was an easy transition for me and I guess it was scary in the sense of starting something new, but I knew it was where I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah. I think that's super huge when anyone's starting a business to really think about how you want your life to look like because mm -hmm. a lot of things sound nice, but then, mm -hmm. like, if you actually think about, like, the day-to-day, -day, what goes into it, like, it's not what you actually want your life to look like, so... I love that you brought that exactly. up. Exactly. So you are a business marketing and mindset coach. So can you share the mindset piece of it and what kind of drew you to not just being a business marketing coach, but also a mindset coach? Yeah, I've always been, I'm such a self-development junkie and I'm always trying to like be better and I strive for that inner excellence. And as I started to grow the online business, the coaching business, I realized there was like a really big gap, like sales and marketing is one thing, but business and mindset, they're like two peas in a pod. Like, mm. And a lot of the times people come to me for strategy. However, we end up talking a lot about mindset because there's so many blocks and things that, that show up from past experiences or fears that really come up. So I decided to like marry the two together. And as I was on my own, like mental Olympics, um, really mastering, mastering my emotions, I really found that gap of business and like marketing and mindset. So I decided mm -hmm. to put the two together and really help people since it, it's such a core topic that comes up in all of my coaching conversations. So most people would come to me and be like, well, give me the strategy. Tell me what I need to do. I'm going to go implement. And I want to be making 10, five, 10 K months, like right away. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, there is no magic pill. That's not the reality <laughs> of it. You mm -hmm. got to really learn to master your mind because the business and strategy part is like the easy part, mm -hmm. but it's everything else that comes with it. Yeah. Your emotions and all that stuff. Is there a common mindset struggle that you see in a lot of clients? comparison a lot of people are constantly like looking outside of others that are probably 20 steps ahead of them and they're just starting mm -hmm. and they're comparing their like everyone has a day one and I find that a big mindset block that comes up is is it really the comparison aspect where they're getting triggered of other people's journey and we need to remember that we're on our own journey and it's who we become in the process 
as we are creating our six figure story. So I would say the comparison aspect is is huge and it really does kill the vibes of showing up. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for how to overcome if you're struggling with comparing yourself to people step 20 yeah. and you're on step one? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, aside from muting them or unfollowing them, um, yeah. like anyone, anytime that you are getting triggered, I think it's really important to understand why, like ask yourself, why is this triggering me? Am I making their success my failure? Like, I feel like maybe there's nothing, they took all of my clients away from me. Like, why are you being triggered? Mm-hmm. Start getting aware of the, the emotions and, and the feelings that you're putting or, and the story that you're attaching to that. And understand that life is a mirror. So if this is triggering you, it's telling you something. It's telling you that maybe you have lack in abundance or maybe you're afraid of success or you feel like other people's success is your failure. So mm-hmm. I would really get down to asking yourself, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? And learn to soothe that part of you. Just Mm -hmm. talk to it as if you were talking to a friend and let them know, like, it's okay to feel this way. I'm getting triggered, but that's fine. And then just move on. Yeah. I love that you say talk to yourself like a friend because I feel like it's so easy, especially as, like, entrepreneur. You Mm -hmm. can be really hard on yourself especially Mm -hmm. if you're comparing yourself to others and then you just like kind of go down this rabbit hole of feeling bad and then being mad at yourself for feeling bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a spiral. Your mind just spirals into this crazy story that is creating. So I would just even ask, like I love asking myself, okay, like, is this true? Like without a shadow of a doubt, like is there facts to this? Mm -hmm. Is this story true? Like is there supporting facts of me not being able to be successful because somebody else is successful like and just being grateful for where you're at and just really learning to love yourself and soothe yourself as if you were your client because at the end of the day like you are your biggest client yeah yeah I definitely used to do that a lot compare myself to others Mm -hmm. um I think a big thing that helped me was to realize that other people aren't taking anything away from you, but they are Mm -hmm. showing you what's possible. Exactly. So now I look at it as like, if I realize I'm like kind of jealous of someone or like wish I had something they had, then I try to shift it to, well, that means it's possible because they did it. Mm -hmm. So exactly, that's a good thing. (laughs) It's showing like it is possible. It's not like they have this magic formula or this magic wand where they just waved it and suddenly everything appeared on their lap no like it it's that work and grit and 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 putting yourself in uncomfortable situations to grow definitely so if someone is just starting out and they're starting out as a coach what do you think they need to do to start seeing success what do they need to start with what do they feel like they need to do but they really shouldn't be doing yet (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so common. It just brings me back to when I started my online journey doing all of the things that I thought I had to do, especially because I came from that corporate mindset of like, oh, I need that website. I need this. It's like, Mm. you don't actually need anything. You don't need a website. You don't need an email list. Like you don't need ads, a logo. Like all of those are like nice to have, but they're not what you need in the start. What you really need to do is like get a little scrappy, like really find out your zone of genius, what you're teaching. And once like assuming all of that is identified and 
you just need to get out there and build relationships. Like coaching is built on one-on-one connections, no matter what it is that you do or have, whether it is a website or some email marketing list, like at the end of the day, you're still going to have that one-on-one conversation with them. Mm -hmm. So if you're just starting out, I would get out there, get as visible as possible, build those connections know who your ideal clients are and start speaking to them, start solving a problem for them, one problem a day. Like that is one thing that you can do is show up and like, okay, how can I be of service? How can I solve one problem that my ideal client is feeling today? And just do that. So I would say really focus in on the visibility and connecting and making offers. How do you connect with people? How do you suggest people connect with their ideal client? Mm -hmm. That's a really, really great question. So there are like 11 ways that I would teach my, my clients on how to do this. The, The biggest thing is, you know, what you can connect with your new followers. Like if your people are following you or coming into your community, you want to welcome them. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the biggest thing you want to know is, are they someone that you can help to, do they want help? And like, how urgent is it for them to get help? So you're really just Mm -hmm. identifying where they're at in their journey. And are you that person that can close the gap if they have one? So connecting with like new followers, if you have an email list that may have gone like ice cold, maybe you haven't emailed them in a while, kind of just going back into that software and finding out who they are and then reconnecting them on the platform, whether you use Facebook or Instagram is having that conversation, welcoming them to their community, seeing if there is anything that they want to know more of or learn from, like, you know, just really be genuine and curious in the other person. Mm -hmm. As if you, again, you were talking to a friend, like just be human, be genuine and be curious in what they are doing. So if, you know, you're watching someone's story and you see that, they are like meditating and maybe you're a meditation coach or an anxiety coach and you find that common ground and common connection by saying oh my god i'm literally filming a cord cutting meditation for my client that wants to overcome anxiety or something you know and then asking them the question how long have you been practicing meditation right so just being curious into their day what they're doing what are they up to and letting that conversation naturally unfold Mm-hmm. to see if they are someone that you can help and wants your help. Yeah. And I really focus, like, if you're never go in and cold pitch and just assume <laughs> they want your help, mm-hmm. um, I really focus and teach on permission-based selling is really gathering information. And if they are being open and letting you know, like, what they're struggling with through, like, strategic conversation, you can then be simply say, like, hey, this is exactly what, I help my clients with. Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered getting help in this? Or do you want to learn more about how I might be able to help you? Yeah. Just simply asking. Yeah. I love that you're, what you're saying and talking about talking to someone one-on-one and like really thinking about how you can help that one person. Cause I feel like a lot of times, I don't know what's just me, but like I've always had like an extremist mindset. Like I want to do it hundred percent. I don't want to do it at all. Mm-hmm. So like, it's easy when you launch something to be like, okay, well I want a thousand people to sign up, but like, you can't just like expect like a flood of people to come out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really is those like one-on-one 
conversations, especially as a coach and especially when you're first starting out or even like a couple years into it, that you still have to have those conversations. Yeah. Uh, and I always say like all roads lead to the DMs. Like there mm-hmm. is, unless like you're, you're further off and you're dialed in on your offer, you got your, your messaging dialed in and it's converting organically. And then you start running ads to smaller, like paid lower, like lower offers and people are signing off your website. Sure. But you got to scale to that point. Right. So in the beginning, and even in, even even at that point, you're still going to have one-on-one connections with people. It's not something mm-hmm. that you fully get away from. It's mm-hmm. it's really how you build your coaching practice. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there are a lot of things to do to, to do like the legwork for you, such as like your content um, and like strategically selling. But it still comes down to the DMs. It's like they're still going to have questions. They might be wanting to know about your offer. You're still going to have that level of conversation with them. So I know you talk about signing clients in the DMs and you talk a lot about relationship building. Do you have three tips you can share about how to do that the right way? I always think, okay, one, you're talking to another human. So go in and just be a genuine human and get Mm -hmm. curious on who they are and what they're up to. Like, you know, would you say, would you actually say what you're about to say in real life? Is it awkward? Like, do you talk like that? Would you ever say that? So you want to talk to them as the way that you would normally speak to anyone and really aside from that like really be genuine and curious on what it is that they're up to you know what is their goals what is their bigger vision what like once you've identified that like okay I want to book more clients okay great how many more clients do you want to book okay cool like what's stopping you from booking that many clients and you're you're kind of opening up that conversation to see like are they in in pain? Do they have a deeper desire? Are they focusing on ads when they don't even know their niche? Like, what is it that they're doing? So you want to just be open and ask open-ended questions. And honestly, it really comes down to being curious to what they're up to and what they want their business to look like and what's Mm -hmm. standing in the way from them getting that. And once you've uncovered all of that and they want the help, that's kind of when you insert what you do, your Mm -hmm. offer, and how you might be able to help them. And then going back to like the permission-based selling is asking them, is this something you're interested in? Do you want to learn more about it? So I think it's really being patient with the conversations as well and not going in with the intention of how quick can I sell this person or can I sell this person? It's how can I connect with them, right? Because maybe they might become a client. Maybe they might become somebody that you collaborate with, or maybe they might be like a raving fan and just a supporter. Mm-hmm. And so you just want to go in to see if they need help and identify if they do. And if they do, perfect. Yeah. Let yeah. them know that you're in service. I love everything you're saying. And one of the things I do in that process is I lead people to a free one-hour coaching call. And sometimes people, when I offer that, they'll be like, well, I don't have like the funds or whatever to um, hire a coach right now. And I, my response to that and like genuinely is, well, I still want to help you on this call. And in the back of my mind, I know if I help them now and six months or a year or two years down the road when they are ready 
to get a coach, I'm probably who they're going to come back to. So Uh to me, it's never a waste or like it's always time well spent, whether Uh or not it ends up converting to a client in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And it's again, it's like building those connections. And it's, you know, why aren't they ready? Like, like, what's the core issue behind them investing in a coach now? And if they don't, like, we want to also understand, like, what is the, the cost of not investing? Like, mm-hmm. where are they going to be three, four, five months from now? And when and if you are doing the coaching and building those connections when they are ready, yeah, they might think of you and come back, but it's more staying top of mind as well. Mm-hmm. Continuously like nurturing those relationships too. Psst. I'm about to tell you my biggest biz secret. The majority of the moolah I make in my biz is from my online courses. Imagine if you created a course in your expertise and you could help people without having to continue trading time for money. There's a platform that will give you everything you need to make that dream a reality. It's what I use to host all my courses on AsleyMasler.com. It's Kajabi. It's an all-in-one platform that you can host your website, courses, and email marketing. You can do all your sales through Kajabi, so no need to Frankenstein a website together anymore. You'll no longer have to pay someone every time you want to change something on your website. Kajabi's a game changer. With Kajabi, you can easily log in and drag and drop your changes to create a beautiful website and platform for your biz and online courses. Click the Kajabi link in the show notes and you'll get two weeks free. Now back to the show. Yeah, so I think part of that is content marketing, which I know you help your clients out a lot on. So can you talk about what is content marketing in case someone doesn't know and how we can use content to build trust and attract our ideal clients and then turn them into clients ideally? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say like content is your currency. Like it's doing a lot of that heavy lifting for you, the pre-qualifying of really giving that micro conversion of them wanting to message you. So with content marketing, it's there's four different types of content that I teach, but the main like core is like your content to grow, which is like viral content, shareable content, maybe like how to educational content. So stuff that will set you up as an authority and showing like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. They have a methodology. They're speaking about the way that they help their people. And this is the problem that it's solving. Mm -hmm. Then there's content to grow your brand. So what are your values as a business, as a, as a person? Like, what do you stand for? Because ultimately, you're going to be attracting the people that share the same vision and values as you. Be transparent, like humanizing posts. People want, people really relate to things that they can reaffirm them of being able to act in a certain way, like it's normal and they're not alone and we all feel this. And then there's your content to, to sell. So that would be like your promotional content, um, your direct pitch, letting people know about your services and what it is that you're launching. So Mm -hmm. when you're looking at your content marketing strategy as a whole, it's really taking topics from each milestone and each methodology that you teach and talking about that. So for example, if I'm talking about creating content, I'm talking about 
okay, here are the different types of content. Here's how to use those in your strategy. And each one is basically leading up to a sale. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be really intentional. One thing that I do see a lot of people do is post quotes and post how-to content, something that someone can just Google. Mm -hmm. So you don't really want to be a Google point two. You want to add relevancy to someone's life. So when they're reading your post, they're feeling the emotion, the connection to it, which inspires them to take an action, whether Mm -hmm. it is to message you or whether it's to leave a comment below. Mm Mm-hmm. So you really want to be intentional and give your audience micro wins, right? Giving them the, the illusion of, wow, like her free stuff is this amazing. What's her paid stuff like? I wonder what it's like to work with her. And so with your content, you wanted to do that. So answering common questions, anything like your ideal clients are feeling or what are they Googling? What do they need to know? Or what do they think they need to do versus what do they actually need to do? And just incorporating storytelling with everything that you do. Hmm. So really bringing in the emotion to your content. So do you think adding in stories with your how-tos, is that how you differ it from Google? So if I'm doing (laughs) like a how-to post, so for example, I can do three reasons why your content's not converting. And then in brackets, I'll put like, plus how to fix it. So you want to lead with with a pain point, but also let them know like how to solve it. You don't want to leave them hanging. Hmm. And I will just go into what my ideal client feels like. Do you ever feel like you're going to write the most epic post and it's going to flood you with leads, but you're left with crickets? Hmm. Like I'm kind of really painting and envisioning, allowing them to envision what it is that they're doing. They're like, oh yeah, I do like, I, I do feel that. And then going into, well, here are three things that you can do. One, you really need to know your ideal client, probably better. And then I'll give like some supporting points on that. And then like, I'll give them the three tips. And then I'll go into what I like to call future pacing, where I will show them like, once you effectively apply these three tips, and you know that you haven't, if you're not getting these results. So I'm still showing them what they need to do. But them going and implementing it on their own based on the tactics I may have given is not really the strategy that they need to use to actually make it effective, right? So it's not, it closes a loop for them, but there's Mm -hmm. a bigger loop that they need to close. And in order to do that, they need eyes on their business, right? So it's still solving that micro problem for them and giving them that instant gratification, but also letting them know that, hey, if you're doing all of this, and you're still not getting the results, then, you know, we got to look at your business as like holistically and find out that gap. Yeah. So yeah, I would still paint that picture with the, with the tips rather than, Hey, your content's not converting. Here are three things to do. One, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, but how do I really do this? How yeah. do I actually apply it to my business? So you talk a lot about helping your clients create their signature offer. What exactly is a signature offer? And How do you know what it should be and why is it important? Mm -hmm. Well, your signature offer is everything that you do. A lot of the times people are like, yeah, my offer is, yeah, I'm going to do like three calls a month. I'm going to give them homework, some deliverables. I'm just going to show up on the calls and like answer questions or have a conversation kind of thing, right? It's like, okay, well, no, that's not really your offer. (laughs) That's maybe the deliverables of it. But what is it that you actually do? Like, 
if, how are you taking your clients from point A to point B, right? And using, um, like my myself as an example, it's really like knowing your your niche in order to create the offer, right? You can't create an offer if you don't know who you're creating it for. Oftentimes people might think of, and, and probably heard the saying, when you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one. So creating that true high ticket offer is really being specific on who it's going to help mm-hmm. and what their starting point is. As an example, using like fitness coaches and, and like, I help you lose weight. Okay, but who do you help lose weight? Mm-hmm. Okay, and how do you help them lose weight? What are the steps that they need to do? Like, do they need to conquer their mindset first? Do they need to, like, are they emotionally eating? And what is it that they need to do to get to that bigger transformation? And go deeper on that. People are, okay, on to who you specifically help. Is it getting people wedding ready? Is it moms that want to lose postpartum weight, right? You have to, like, niche down, like, so many levels to really be specific. Because if you're just trying to help everyone you're not going to be able to call them in because each of those have their own pain points, have their own way of getting there Mm -hmm. and have their own desires. So if you're in like marketing your program and you're like, I help you lose weight. And then you're feeling like I need to like assign anybody and everybody. But when you niche down, you're like, okay, I help moms lose postpartum weight. You're thinking, okay, well I need to have like seven moms for your entire year it becomes so much more doable and easy and you know that you're speaking to a specific person allowing you to charge high ticket because there's a specific problem that you solve and people will pay to have that problem solved Mm -hmm. and really figuring out like in in your signature offers what makes you unique what is your coaching method what is your unique value proposition that that makes you stand out and really honing in on that and creating it all to really be able to show up and effectively sell it and not just, you know, be another coach, be another service provider, be another brand developer, like go deeper on who you help and how you help them and figure out what makes you different. Yeah, I think that talking about niching down is so important because like you said, you can charge so much more by doing that. And Something that I've realized, because I used to be really scared of like, well, if I niche down, like I'm going to turn away a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but it actually had the opposite effect where a lot of people that don't even fit what now, like I say is my niche, they'll still come to me and want to work with me. So Mm -hmm. it's, it doesn't mean that like you can't work with them or like they're going to not want to work with you. It kind of actually has... The opposite effect that other people still want to work with you for some reason. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's because like you want to be appealing to one person. Like if I'm landing on your profile and you're like, I help you live your best life. Okay. But what on earth does that mean? Like Mm -hmm. everyone's best life is different. Like we all have our own definition of that. Right. But when you are going down like very specifically, like I'm going to help you create a higher ticket offer and I'm going to help you close in the DMs. Now I'm much more appealing to that one specific person, but not to say I can't help other people. Mm -hmm. I've had service providers come to me. It's just primarily this is who I'm focusing on. And this is who, when they land on their page, they're going to know like, this is the place that I need to be. 
you're providing all of this tips directly to the problem that I'm having. Mm. And now they're going to double down on your content, double down on you. And you really want to become the go-to expert in your niche, right? Mm -hmm. Not just another coach in the market. Yeah. And I think it's so much easier to grow more quickly when you're a big fish in a small pond versus Mm -hmm. a small fish in a huge pond. So I definitely think that niching down even though it's scary is it is and a lot of my clients are like well but I don't want to turn people away but it's like but you're not going to because you're talking to one problem and if you're so general with your problem then you know you're, it's going to have the opposite effect and so I know I felt the same way too when I like niche down to to coaches yeah and I think one thing anyone could do right away is just ask one of your friends that doesn't necessarily know what you do in your business and ask them if they can tell what you do from yes, your, I love your profile. That. Yes. Like, go run your I help statement by someone. And I, that's so great that you mentioned because I was literally having this conversation with a client. It's like, okay, but if you told me that or if you go and tell your spouse that or your kids, are they going to know what they're buying and what they're going to get? Mm-hmm. If not, then there's some work to be done. So yeah, definitely run that by somebody that is oblivious to what the online world is like. Yeah. And there, I feel like some, the more you niche down, like there's even people that, cause like, I don't, I'm not a mom yet, but like, I hope to be one day. And I started finding some like coaches on like helping your baby sleep or mm-hmm. helping you like, breastfeed better and like I started following them now because I'm like well I'm sure that's going to be a problem I'm going to have in the future so so specific like I came across a sleep coach for babies and I'm like what that exists yeah it's like as long as there's a problem and there is a demand for it it can be a business and Mm -hmm. I was just so mind blown I'm like wow a sleep consultant like who would have thought and it's not like and I mean she saw the need and demand in the market for it. And so it became her profitable business. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like it, it's, you're, you're going to become appealing to that one person. Yeah. And I think it's important to remember that you just have to solve a problem. You don't yes. have to think of something that's going to like change the world or like cause world peace. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It's, what is the gap that you can fill and what is your methodology of solving it? And that's it. You don't need to be everything for everyone. Like if your mindset, you don't need to worry about helping somebody with their business. That's not what they're hiring you for. Mm. They're hiring you to close that gap that they have with their mindset. Yeah. And so, yeah, don't feel like you have to be everything for everyone and know everything. Like stay in your lane and in your zone and that's it. So do you usually recommend that everyone creates their signature offer as a high ticket offer so there's like a whole like pricing method that I use for my clients so it really does depend on like experience where they're coming from the transformation that they provide what is that worth to their clients like I have a proprietary method on that but essentially like your your signature offer is your your high ticket offer and then one thing that I do with my clients is like the different phases so if you're just starting out and and the one thing that I find is people come into the online space and feel like they have zero experience. 
and they're forgetting about everything they've done in the past, their school, their education, mm. um, and all of that stuff comes with you. So it's really figuring out, how can I go with like the a whole topic on this, um, is figuring out what is that transformation worth? And so I guess to answer the question, yes, your signature offer is your high ticket offer. It's your methodology of how you take your clients from point A to B. And maybe at that point, the high ticket could be $800 for you a month based on your level of experience and expertise and what you're coming to the coaching call with. Mm -hmm. So, and then from there, you would just increase it as you grow, as you develop, your brand changes. So yeah, your signature offer is your high ticket offer. Okay. I think that's important to point out because I know a lot of people see people that have been doing coaching or whatever they do for a long time. They've had their own business for a while and they have a suite of products. And I've seen, because I have that as well, but I see a lot of people just starting out that feel like they have to create all these products like Mm. right off the bat. No, definitely (laughs) not. It's such a distraction because you see other people doing it. It's like, yeah, but they have mastered the one thing before their your your community is the one that pretty much builds your products for you right it's like the assertion model where yes you can start with one-on-one coaching that one-on-one coaching can then become your scalable offer into a group program you can then break that up into mini courses like the suite basically like creates itself but you have like starting with getting your foot your feet wet getting those testimonials building an audience building a community and then when you start launching those other other things and you're you're scaling and you're building that product suite it becomes so much more easier to sell Mm -hmm. like your people are going to stay with you longer and it's not always having to find new people it's how can I retain my current set of clients and what do they want next okay Mm -hmm. that's what they want perfect I'll go and create that and so that is another common thing that I see is feeling like you need an entire suite a low ticket offer mid ticket offer a high ticket offer and everything in between but Mm -hmm. If you're just starting out, it's building those relationships, getting visible, getting those testimonials, and really getting like some skin in the game, and then allow that to naturally unfold and build itself. Yeah, and I love that you said that you let your clients basically co-create what your new products are, because I see a lot of times with my clients that they spend a lot of time, and I used to do this as well, spend a lot of time just like thinking by yourself like what should I make like what would help people (laughs) but if you instead are focusing on -on one-on-one coaching or conversations then you really just create what people are asking you about (laughs) exactly that like it's become so much more easier and easier to Mm -hmm. sell it rather than like creating something and then hoping people are going to buy it and I totally made that mistake too I started out with like months of consuming information, um, taking everything that I I know about social media and marketing and turning it into an Instagram course that I literally did nothing with. And now as I'm creating my group program, I look back and I'm like, who on earth was I creating this for? Like the amount of information that was in there, I was just like, like, I don't even know what I was thinking. I was just creating it for everybody. (laughs) and Literally nothing happened with it. So Mm -hmm. allow it to naturally unfold and really focus on the one-on-one and get paid while you create your program right Mm -hmm. like get those clients in and start creating it and 
have them vet out your program, your courses, so you can easily sell it. Yeah. And one thing you mentioned is feeling like you have to give them everything. And I definitely did that as well. My first course was just everything I knew about marketing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and but it doesn't solve a specific problem. So that it doesn't sell like hotcakes because mm -hmm. people don't look at it and say like, okay, this is going to solve my problem that I have. It's just yeah. like random. <laughs> it's like, it's just like a whole bunch of things and solving so many problems that like one person's like, oh, I don't need that. Oh, I already know that. Mm. Uh, there's too much of that that I don't really need. And so it's going to be really hard to sell it. So it's making sure like everyone's starting from a similar point A and they're going to end off at, at the same point B, like that one big transformation. Yeah. And just, just that. The mm -hmm. steps that they need to get from A to B. Pretty EF is all about being pretty inside and out. And that's part of why I wanted you on the show. So can you talk about ways that you give back and what makes you want to do that? Yeah, I have such a great question. I When I was working downtown, I would always buy, I would stop and grab my coffee in the morning and it was in an area where there was a lot of like homeless people and I would always buy somebody one thing a day, whether it was just like a cup of coffee, something warm or just like a sandwich from like McDonald's and it, I don't know, I just have this, this soft spot because I hate being hungry and I know like how much it sucks so I feel like this giving back to those that are hungry and are maybe wanting to be warm, whatever it is, like, I have a, a huge soft spot for that. So I'm always wanting to give back to, to them. And now it's a little bit hard considering like I never leave my house. But <laughs> if I'm going and I'm grabbing like a coffee, and there's someone behind me, I would pay for their order. Mm -hmm. One thing that kind of inspired me to it's a little bit hard now with COVID and not like a lot of like money exchange, but I really wanted to get like a couple of like $5 bills and write like a little message on them. Like the world is abundant or, you know, this is on me and kind of just, I don't know, leave it on a park bench or something. <laughs> or like if I were to pay with cash, like it would just something that would just be spread around. But yeah, giving back is really important to me. And uh, I don't know, I just do it because I love doing it. I, I feel like I love to give and you know, the more, like, I give, I find that comes back as well. Like, it mm -hmm. has that reciprocity. It has that, I'm putting out those great energies in the universe, and I'm helping someone, which feels so amazing, and I know that it will go a long way. Yeah. I feel like whenever I help someone that I usually get more out of it than they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel that, too. <laughs> So I want to go into your best tips to be pretty AF. Can you share your number one tip for business? I would say know your why. Know why you're doing it. Know the bigger vision. Write it down. Record it on your phone. Have it somewhere and like really, really, really keep that close to your heart because business is hard. Like there are different seasons and sometimes it gets difficult. Times get hard and you really need to remember why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. and reference that right hold that so close to your heart and read it every single day yeah yeah one of the first things when I start working with my one-on-one -on -one clients that I have them do is create a vision statement of what they want their life to look like and why it matters to them because I know 
at some point in the coaching, they're going to want to quit. <laughs> so it it's something that you can pull out in hard times, like you're saying, because I, I mean, I've been in my business for a while now and I still sometimes want to quit and have to reference that. 100%. Yeah. Like it, it totally gets, it, it can get challenging. You get in your own way, your, your thoughts just spiral. So I have my clients do very like this, like a very similar activity and really just having that like morning manifesto of what do I want to feel? How do I want to act? What is it that I really want? And just remembering that, remembering the bigger goal and the bigger purpose. Mm. And yeah, it has to be bigger than you. It has to be more than just signing some one-on-one clients. It's what's the bigger vision. Mm -hmm. So what is your number one beauty tip? I would say, you know, if you are like doing what feels really great to you, if you are that person that wants to be glammed up and like run into that, do it. Like I am, for me, I used to, like, I wish I knew how to do makeup. I love makeup, but (laughs) I'm such a, I feel like it's like surgery taking it off. But (laughs) I would say like the biggest beauty tip is, is not even just the outside, but that, that self care and really having those activities that make you feel beautiful, that make you feel on top of the world and great and making sure that you do incorporate that on a daily basis like somewhere mm-hmm. in your day have time for you and and show up to what you define beauty as yeah have you ever used a makeup eraser <laughs> no but I'm like oh I, I'm now I'm intrigued I'm like should I <laughs> <laughs> it's just this rag that it, I don't know what they do to it but you wet it and then like literally it just takes all your makeup off like so easy oh that's amazing and it's not Ooh. like Because, like, my eyes are super sensitive, so, like, taking off mascara is always so annoying, but with that, it's super easy. That's the thing that I hate with the makeup is mascara, so um, I guess my beauty tip is, like, maybe get an uh, eyelash curler. (laughs) So what is your number one life tip? I would say be grateful. We, We get so caught up in wanting more and being further ahead, but you need to remember that there are people that would love to be in your shoes. And I think it's really important to be grateful for what it is that you have today and know that everything is happening for you and just always show gratitude because the universe will reward you when you're coming from that abundant state rather than feeling lack or like you're missing something Mm -hmm. when you're not. So I would say, yeah, being really, really grateful for what it is that you have and knowing that everything else is on its way. Yeah, love that. So thank you so much for everything you shared today. It was a lot of good tips that haven't been on the podcast before. So I'm excited for this episode. How can people find you or work with you or talk to you? Yeah, I will. I hang out on Instagram. It is it's my jam. I Mm. share a ton of trainings and really learning how to create your offer and how to sell to your ideal clients. So I'm constantly sharing tips there. So Instagram is definitely the best place to find me. My name is Christina Cerniaze. I guess it will be in the, in the show notes, Mm -hmm. but come say hi. If you want to connect with me on IG again, it's where I hang out and feel free to DM me. I am always open to chatting and connecting in terms of working with me. I do have one-on-one and in the process of actually launching my group program. Oh, that's exciting. Super excited for I can't wait to stop, like, be done with filming. <laughs> Is there anything that you wanted to share that you didn't get to? 
I guess the biggest tip for any, but well, not even anyone like starting out, but I mean, for everybody is really knowing when to, to rest, listen to your body. Your business is not going anywhere. I promise if you take a day off, it's not going to blow up. It's not going to disappear. I feel like knowing when to rest is, is really important and not quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think on top of that, also not feeling bad for resting. Yes. I feel like that's such a huge thing that I even struggle with because mm-hmm. if everything in your business doesn't go well, like it's on you. So mm-hmm. it's easy to feel bad if you don't rest, but you can't pour from a empty cup. So. Absolutely. Exactly. It's better to be in high vibes and show up rather than low energy. It, it, it doesn't serve anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the last question that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? Coming home to yourself, like really reinventing yourself from the inside out. And I feel that it, it it's knowing all of your players and being okay with it. Like we have our inner critics, we have all of those chit chatters in our head and our mind. And it's really knowing that that's who you are. That's what makes you the person that you are. Those are your quirks. That's what makes you unique. And it's really just understanding all of those aspects of you and Knowing that you're not fundamentally flawed, it's totally normal mm-hmm. and really, really just understanding who you are as a person and, and all of the things that make you you, that make you unique mm-hmm. because no one is you. You are as unique as it gets and it's owning that, stepping into that, to that power. So I would say being pretty as AF is owning who you are and also where you're at. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of that has to do with mindset, that a mindset coach could help you with. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's hard because you don't see your blind spots. And it's like when, and I always use the analogy of like, if you're, if you're like into sports, if you're on the field, you don't see it what other people are doing you're just seeing kind of like what's in front of you the coach is the one that sees the entire game the entire play and being able to redirect and course correct Mm -hmm. and being able to ask you those questions to really draw out the deeper meaning so I think it's like really understanding who you are as a person and showing up in your authentic self thank you so much Christina for being on the pretty af podcast and sharing all those tips with us Check out the show notes to connect with her and grab her freebie, which will teach you how to create your signature offer that sells. I'll see you on next week's solo episode of the Pretty AF Podcast. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.